0: Welcome to Your Pursuit of Happiness, the podcast for people working in the Irish fintech and financial services industry. Let's get started. Hi everyone, welcome back to our
1: podcast, Your Pursuit of Happiness. I'm Laura. I'm Paul. Today we're delighted to have Abigail of Abigail Ireland join us. You're very welcome, Abigail. Thank you so much, Laura Paul. Really good to be here. No worries. Um, I'm just going to kick it off. Would you mind telling us a little bit about your own background and your business? Yes. Yeah, so I started back in banking in back in 2005, 2006, and I worked my way up from private equity acquisition finance. I was in strategy for a while and After a few years, I think it was 2015 when I decided I wanted to set up my own business and so did something completely different. But over that time of going into the more entrepreneurial space, I got more and more involved in productivity and performance and what makes peak performers operate at their best. And so I consolidated everything I knew and now I do work in that space. So doing training and coaching, um, executive workshops on peak performance. Um, Essentially looking at the mind, body and productivity as the three aspects of business, mind and body and how they will integrate to make people work at their best.
0: Cool. And in the article you did for us for our retention guide, Mm -hmm. you talked about the changing nature of work. What are the main things that you think managers and leaders should be thinking about for the future?
1: Yeah, I think that one of the biggest things that people do need to realise is that the generations coming in, things are changing in terms of how people like to work. And one thing that I've noticed myself when I've gone back into the corporate world is the way that even young people are in how they work is very different to how people who are maybe in the older generations would work. So it's about understanding that and being flexible enough to deal with different types of people, not always implementing a certain approach that they that you know are one size fits all Um, and I think that's something that companies are realizing more and more now it's about tailoring things to the individual rather than making everyone conform to a certain way of working.
0: In terms of work that you do I know you said your background is financial services do you work in your current business across different industries?
1: Yeah so I do Um, I do a lot of um, leadership and management training and coaching across all sorts of industries. Um, I do still do a lot in financial services as well. And I do still notice um, some trends that are still there in the terms of how people work. There is more Mm -hmm. flexibility in some companies over others, but there's still that mentality in certain teams of having to work crazy hours, just do what it takes to get the job done. Um, And it it attracts a certain type of person as well, I'd say at the same time.
0: Yeah, that that was exactly what I was gonna ask because we work within financial services and fintech specifically.
1: And yeah. On the
0: fintech side, there are tech companies that happen to work in, or you know, service financial services products. But on the FS side, it's an awful lot trickier to, uh, you know, implement change or, or look at kind of slightly different ways of doing things. Just wondering if you, you see the same things.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's the larger organizations that are having the biggest trouble because it's not yeah. only changing systems and the way that people work and it's moving a whole giant beast to try and make it more agile. Yeah. Um, it's also the people side. So, so, changing mindsets and mentalities. People have been used to working a certain way for so many years and then suddenly, and they're also used to that constant change in financial services. So, restructures constantly happening, yeah. um, change of leadership. But I think. it it, there's almost a fatigue that's uh that's set in over the years and now there's this whole shift towards more you know going more digital and changing the way people work as well and i think it it, it takes a lot to to move people on that journey
0: Hmm. in terms of financial services again one of the main things that we've noticed kind of through the reports and, and from doing podcasts and everything else one thing that keeps coming up all the time is that leadership and, and management managers need to be authentic there's kind of two things at play one is that they want to change and move and shift but beanbags and pool tables don't quite feel right sometimes you know so is it a case of you change so you stick a beanbag in the corner and you you're kind of googling <laughs> that you know but it's not not really quite. <laughs> that, there's that kind of mismatch i suppose
1: yeah there's also a lot of lip service towards certain things like they think if you you know put a ping pong table somewhere or a bean bag it's going to change the way people are but that's not the uh, that's not the case and it is really more about having ongoing changes in the way people work habits changing not just these one-off things that happen um and and we have the that i guess you'd say the older school generation as well would have a different mindset in terms of
0: yeah
1: things like that and thinking that they aren't necessary. Um, whereas the younger generation, like I said earlier, are much more open to wanting to try different things, do things differently, see what works, what doesn't work. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of like a, a conflict between the two generations, I think. Mm-hmm. And also because people were used to working a certain way, I think it makes it harder to change that and to be open to allowing different ways because they didn't have that approach when they were, when they were working their way up, through the, um, up the career ladder
0: yeah i always remember um someone I, I used to work for uh trained in one of the big four accountancy firms i'm sure when he trained people were still smoking in the office you know, yes. the thought, I mean, <laughs> it has uh, i know it's, that's a fairly obvious and dramatic change but still mm. a lot has changed over the years
1: yeah yeah and i back to our retention guide which you very kindly contributed to Um, You talked about the why, what makes people tick and using skills. Why do you think these are the keys
0: to performance?
1: Yeah, so I think everyone needs drivers and reasons to show up at work and to keep that going on a sustainable basis. I think it can be quite, it can be a lot easier to, to show up at work and get things done in the short term. But if you want people to stay, if you want to retain people, you need to give them something to stay for. And this is different for different people. So it's really about understanding the individuals in your team, what makes them tick, what's important to them, what's going to make them motivated to want to be there and go the extra mile. And in the past, I think that's something that we haven't always focused on as much. It was very much you need to conform to the way things are done, whereas now a lot of leaders are thinking we need to conform and change the way we work to make sure each individual in the team has got what they need to perform at their best at work and to stay and be happy whilst they're working.
0: Hmm. In terms of performance, how do you actually measure performance or what advice do you have around that?
1: So performance can be measured based on results, which is the most obvious way, but in terms of the outputs, the productivity of a team, but it can also be measured looking at engagement levels. So things like the engagement surveys that companies run every six months or every year, you can look at the levels of absenteeism in a team. So how often people are taking sick days, turnover, how, how often people leave a team, are there high turnover rates in an organisation? And I think from a team level as a leading, you can really see when there's real high performance in a team because everyone's just working together very well in a dynamic way.
0: Yeah. And people talk about this term flow. Yes. That kind of intangible almost that everything just seems to click.
1: Yeah. And it's being able to be creative, come up with ideas and not being stagnant doing things the same way high performers are very open to change and trying to do things or experimenting with doing things differently and they also won't dwell and have that toxic environment that we so often come across when you're in, a, in an environment where people have, have fatigued and are sick of change and sick of doing yeah. things differently where do you see flexibility in terms of work fitting into all of this flexibility is something that still has a long way to go and it depends on what people term as flexibility so it could be flexibility in terms of the type of work you do but also the traditional sense we're talking about being able to work when you want to in the way that you want to in in terms of the work i do i look a lot at the energy levels of people so when are you at your most productive versus when are you maybe going through a slump period in a day and everyone's got a different cycle so if Companies are more flexible. It means that people they can get the most out of their people at the same time, whilst keeping people happy. So whether that means people have um, you know start later, finish later, or work at different times of day, working from home, all of those things help people to become happier employees at the same time.
0: If you were uh, you know advising someone in financial services around Mm. implementing flexibility and. All of that around remote work or flexible hours. What advice would you give to, you know, leaders thinking about implementing this, or managers managing people who now have this flexibility option?
1: Yeah, there definitely has to be a high level of trust in an organisation, and that's probably what's missing. Because what I've noticed is that even when people do, even when organisations do implement flexible working. Sometimes there's the, oh, we need to check that you're online the whole time that you're at home, or we're going to call in and have a meeting every every single day just to micromanage and make sure that you're, you're actually working. And that in itself causes the distrust that that causes mm. means that people are much, it demotivates people and makes them feel more and more um, likely to almost not want to work. So with organisations, being able to encourage people to Work in the way that works best for them and trust in them to do a good job is what will help to get ahead, help them to get ahead.
0: So like with with that in mind, how do you encourage people to do that? What what are the kind of steps, if you know what I mean?
1: I always think that it's for, for an individual to speak to their boss and say, can we trial flexible working for a week or for two weeks? Is that possible? Hopefully, most managers, most bosses would say yes to a trial. And if it doesn't work in the way that they want it to work, then fine, they can go back to doing the more inflexible, you know, coming to the office every single day, for example, or having set hours. But if it does work well, then why not extend, extend that for a longer time? And most people, if they're asking for a trial, will go over and above to make sure it works so that they're more likely to allow that to happen in the future as well.
0: Yeah, they appreciate the flexibility. Yeah. And I suppose on, on the manager side, it, it must be really important to make sure that, you know, objectives are clear and communication around expectations is, is really clear as well.
1: Definitely. The, the One of the biggest things I noticed when I was um, in banking, I used to work a lot on uh, the balanced scorecards and creating these and working with all of the executives to come up with what the objectives are going to be for their teams. Yeah. And even at that top level, it is so difficult to get the objectives down. A lot of the time there's uh, confusion or debate over what the objectives should be and how they link into the overarching company objectives. And people are sometimes confused as to how they can actually translate those objectives and goals into the way that they work every day. So Mm. the more time that can be spent with people at all levels of the organization to understand how what they're doing is contributing to the companies overarching strategy or strategic goals the more effective those people will be in their jobs they'll feel like they're doing something that's worthwhile and they're more likely to because of that recognition and that empowerment and that feeling of having a meaning in what they do they're more likely to stay somewhere excellent what advice would you have for companies looking to drive performance and productivity for me, it comes down to, to not looking first at the outside. So looking at, you know, how can we get better results or how can we um, increase sales? It's, it's first looking at the individuals in the team. So going back to that, looking at the whole human point that I, that I made earlier, it's about understanding each individual, actually looking at them as a human being. Are they operating at their best on a mental level, a physical level? Are they, are they productive or are they just busy? And looking at how we can shape those individuals before we then look at what the actual work is. So I think looking at that side of things first is going to help to not only drive higher performing individuals, but then also drive higher-performing, happier teams that work well together and then get the results.
0: Sounds good. Um, Abigail, uh, thanks a million for your time. If people find out a little bit more about you and your business and what you do, what's the best way to get in touch?
1: Yeah, so you can... Contact me on LinkedIn. So it's just Abigail Island on LinkedIn. But also, my website is probably one of the easiest ways to get in touch and just learn more about what I do, which is um, www.abigailisland.com. So it's an easy one to remember.
0: Yeah, especially for those of us in Ireland. Um,
1: <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And it's spelt that way, not island, like an island, IS.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Cool. Um, Abigail, thanks a million for your time. And uh, thanks again for your contribution.
1: Great. Thank you so much,
0: guys. Thanks for joining us today on Your Pursuit of Happiness, the podcast for people working in the Irish fintech and financial services industry. For show notes and other goodies, go to www.toptierrecruitment.com forward slash podcast. That's toptierrecruitment.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and feel free to rate and review the show. We appreciate your support. See you next time.